We're practicing a pause as we begin. <laughs> welcome, welcome. And some of you have come back, so welcome back. But I'd like to say welcome again to Bhante Saranapala. We also have Bhante Puna and Bhante Paramatana here. Uh, so we are looking forward to our talk today with Bhante Saranapala for meditation on new karma, new life, new future. Uh, if you don't know about Bhante Saranapala, I'd like to just give you a little bit of uh, uh, information about him. Um, Bhante did his early monastic training in Sri Lanka and his postgraduate studies at the University of Toronto and at McMaster University in Hamilton, Canada. An erudite scholar, meditation teacher, and much sought-after Canadian public speaker, he is a monk in residence at the Mishaga Buddhist Temple, Ontario. Claimed as a Buddhist monk for modern times by a growing band of admirers, Bhante Saranapala has earned an enviable reputation as a public speaker and a meditation teacher par excellence. Within a short period of time, his scholarly lectures expounding the teaching of the Buddha began to attract the attention of the university academic circles and the interfaith community of Canada. Bhante Saranapala soon became a popular guest speaker at many a prestigious par parlay. In 2004, he was invited to address the parliamentarians of Ottawa. In 2005, September, he was accorded the honor of officiating on behalf of all religious denominations at the instruction ceremonies connected with the Order of Ontario Awards in the Ontario Legislature. We're very, very honored to have him here and look forward to our talk today. Uh, so thank you very much. And yes, enjoy. Okay, venerable sirs, uh, dear Dhamma friends, uh, thank you all for coming uh, to this session in this afternoon. Um, uh, this uh, uh, teaching in the Buddha, you know, before uh, preaching, you should uh, feed the people. And he said, don't preach to the hungry. Uh, <laughs> So I hope all of you uh, had your lunch. <laughs> but again, there's a problem with that. <laughs> the problem is once you feel your tummy, you want to take a power nap. <laughs> I think uh, now, do you want to do a power nap? Do you want to do the lying down meditation for half an hour? <laughs> and then after that, maybe. <laughs> okay. Um, so today, uh, I was asked to uh, talk about uh, karma, and I think this word, uh, Sanskrit word karma, and Pali word karma, has become an English word too. So everybody knows that it's my karma. <laughs> <laughs> right? So, um, or the Sivas sometimes say, it's, it's my bad karma. So that means that it's a bad day. <laughs> if it's good karma, it's my good day. Uh, most people have good understanding about the concept of karma. But what I'm going to do is, maybe I'm going to tell you some stories um, and these are based on some discourses of the Buddha 
and then see how we can apply uh, those teachings into our life in the 21st century. Um, there's a famous story. Now, I think the, the theme of the talk is based on that story, like new karma, new life. Uh, in order to ha uh, have a new life, and I think we need to have good uh, new karma. New life is based on new karma. <clears throat> so, when we talk about the new life, maybe later in this lifetime, <laughs> or next lifetime, or lives to come, until we all become enlightened, uh, until we all uh, go to the kingdom of Buddhas, or kingdom of God, or you name it, yeah? or Nirvana, something like that. Now, there, was, uh, there were two ascetics who were uh, practicing meditation uh, in the name of uh, Nirvana. It's called Vimukti, uh, liberation. Uh, <clears throat> if you um, uh, look into the 6th century BC's spirituality, uh, there, we can learn at that time there were many, uh, ascetic traditions who were practicing asceticism in the name of, uh, liberation, emancipation. Um, so these two, uh, friends, uh, who undertook the ascetic practice, the one Ascetic was practicing uh, the dog duty. Eh? It's called dog duty ascetic. The other one was the ox duty ascetic. Let's say dog duty ascetic uh, was practicing uh, rituals, doing rituals, everything like a dog. Whatever the dog does, he was doing the same thing. Uh, started walking like a dog, uh, eating like a dog, lying down uh, like a dog, barking like a dog, talking like a dog. <laughs> so everything was done like a dog. So he believed through such uh, rituals and practices, you can gain uh, emancipation. You can gain vimukti. And the ox duty ascetic did the same thing. He was doing everything like an ox. Um, eating like an ox, uh, sleeping like an ox, uh, talking like an ox, everything like an ox. Now both of them were doing these rituals and practices. This was their Formal meditation practice, by the way. And they were doing this for a long time. And maybe at their 70s or 80s, uh, they started doubting their own <laughs> practices, rituals. 
Like that we were doing this in the name of vimukti, liberation, freedom from suffering, or in the kingdom of God, kingdom of nirvana. So they said, you know, have we achieved that goal? So they had this doubt. Now both of them knew the Buddha. They have acknowledged the Buddha as the fully enlightened being, like uh, Buddha, awakened, full of knowledge, all-knowing. So they decided to go and see the Buddha. Said, we have this doubt. In order to remove this doubt from our heart and mind, we need to seek some uh, help from the Buddha. And Buddha happened to be in that region by then. <coughs> so, they went to see the Buddha, um, exchanged greetings, and they sat down. Um, and then the, uh, the dog duty uh, ascetic uh, was kind of shy to talk about his own experience. And the ox duty ascetic uh, you know, asked the question for his friend from the Buddha. He said, Master Gautama, my friend, the ox duty, uh, the dog duty ascetic, <coughs> was practicing this ritual in the name of Vimukti, the emancipation, and he was doing everything uh, like, like a dog. Now, uh, what would be his future uh, condition? Is he enlightened now? He has, ach has he achieved liberation, the emancipation? And uh, what kind of uh, afterlife will he have? Now Buddha said, don't ask me this question. <laughs> this is a terrible ask, uh, question. Then the Oxygen ascetic kept asking this question three times, and three times Buddha refused. And then since he asked the question three times, the Buddha said, look, as a Buddha, I have to speak the truth. I have to tell you the truth. Now he said, uh, uh, your friend, the dog duty ascetic, uh, started practicing this ascetic practices, the rituals, in the name of uh, the liberation, but it's a wrong view. That's the wrong view. And it's, it's known as Micha Ditti. Because of this uh, wrong view, he will be reborn in the hell. And once he becomes free from the hell, then next he will be reborn as a dog. Now, he started crying. <laughs> and then Buddha said, look, I told you not to ask me this question. <laughs> then he said, the dog did ascetic said, Master Gautama, no, no, it's not because of I'm going to be reborn as a dog and this blah, blah, blah. I, I also have a question about my friend, the ox duty, ascetic. Again, the Buddha said, don't, please, don't ask me that question. 
So he asked that question for three times. And again, Buddha said, look, again, I had to tell you the truth. And I had to, as a Buddha, I can't lie. So I had to tell you what I know. Then again, he said the same thing. It's a wrong view. Because of the wrong view, he practiced this asceticism. And he will be reborn in the hell. And after the hell, uh, then he will be reborn as an ox. Now, uh, they ask the questions, how so? Why are we going to be reborn as, you know, going to go to the hell of when we gain freedom, become free from the hell, then in the animal world, like ox and dog? Buddha gave, gave a very uh, logical answer to that. This is what I think I want you to understand. <laughs> okay? Uh, <clears throat> now, how come a person is going to be a reborn as a, as a dog? So he pointed out four things. Um, in, in, in Pali, uh, the word for dog is called kukura. Eh? So he said, there are four things. Kukura uh, sila, kukura vata, kukura akapa, kukura chitta. So, kukura sila, the dog behavior. Eh? Dog behavior, dog rituals, doing everything like behaving like a dog. Eh? And then what happened? Then kukura vata, it has become the, the, this behavior, these rituals have become a habit, the dog habit. Dog behavior and the dog habit. And then Kukura Akapa, then he developed this dog attitude. <laughs> dog attitude. And then Kukura Chitta, dog mind. So four things, dog behavior, Dog habit, dog attitude, and dog mind. Now, what do you expect from these four? <laughs> Everything is going to be like dog. And then, <clears throat> uh, ox is called go sila, go vata, go akapa, go chitta. Again, again, ox behavior, ox habit, ox attitude, and ox mind. And if you develop this form, then you're going to be an ox. Right? And then after this, of course, then Buddha talked about the four types of karma. But before that, let me just play with these four. <laughs> Because this is pure psychology, right? So in the same way, um, let's say we are human beings. Uh, if, if you're concerned about your next life, as if you want to come back to the human world as a human being, then you need to develop the human 
behavior, human habit, human attitude, and human mind. And these four uh, will help us to gain, regain, uh, be reborn as the human being. And then if you are concerned about the divine, you know, how we, uh, we don't want to go to hell, right? We all want to go to the heaven. Do you think you can go to heaven without doing anything? No. You have to develop the divine behavior, divine habit, divine attitude, and divine mind. Then you will be divine. Huh? Now, our karma, like whatever we are doing, now those uh, two ascetics, they, were, they conditioned their mind with certain actions. Like everything like dog, everything like ox. Huh? So now, the, once you engage in such actions, those actions will lead to such results. Hmm? So now, today, let's say, let me make it very simple for you. Um, as we, we, we have interpersonal relationships in the society, let's say as husband and, husband and wife, brothers and sisters, parents and children, uh, friends and colleagues, employers and employees, and we have many interpersonal relationships in society. Now, so far, let's say if you are not happy, if something is bothering you, instead of blaming others, complaining, now you need to look at yourself. And if you think your life is problematic, miserable, painful, then you have to uh, understand these four. Now I know uh, there are problems in the society, in the family. Now the latest one was um, the couple who was married for 17 years and they were fighting. They, they kept fighting. By the way, husband works in the States, wife uh, lives in Toronto. <laughs> so, no, over the on the phone, right? <laughs> over the phone, and they FaceTime, <laughs> and then of course they after two weeks of work, the husband goes back to Toronto, and then he goes there to spend enough, uh, some quality time, but they kept keep fighting every day. So now, um, they happened to get to know me. In fact, we went to uh, Mexico, uh, like uh, in June, I went to Mexico for a destination wedding. <laughs> so uh, they were there too. So after my talk at the wedding, 
Uh, I think they were very convinced. They were very happy. And the wife came to see me. And so she started, you know, telling me, uh, complaining about the husband, blah, 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 this and that. And he said, she wants some peace of mind. And whatever I said on that day, she thought it was very powerful and she needs some help. And then, of course, husband was there too. And he also, you know, said, we would like to talk to you. I said, okay, so first let's go back to Toronto. And when you have some free time, you come and see me. And um, uh, first the wife came to see me. Um, then, you know, uh, she all she did was complaining about the husband. And then I asked the husband to come. And all he did was complaining about the wife. So I said, okay, I listened to both sides of the stories. Now let me talk to both of you. You know what? I normally give maximum one hour for, for a session. But on that day, I have to listen to their, uh, fight, their <laughs> war, like two and a half hours. They kept just, you know, complaining, complaining. They were so emotional. My goodness, you can see. You can see the anger in their face. Uh, I think if I were not there, they could have fought <laughs> at that moment, you know. So there was tremendous amount of anger, antagonism, and hatred towards each other. I think the husband is trying to uh, make peace, but it's the wife who is, you know, I can see both sides, there are, uh, you know, problems. So I pointed them out, but still they're having a hard time. Now, when did the problem begin? So this is uh, an Indian uh, fam uh, the couple, and uh, the husband belongs to a different caste, and the wife belongs to another caste, I think kind of lower caste. And uh, first the wife came to Canada and later, you know, she married this man. And when she went to see the in-laws in India, then what happened? The in-laws, the pair, you know, the husband's parents uh, treated her bad, thinking she's from the lower caste, and then uh, whatever she cooked, uh, they did not even eat, you know. And that really, you know, hurt her. You know, the in-laws fights, you know, uh, daughter-in-law, uh, mother-in-law. <laughs> so there was this problem. And after that, she started, you know, thinking about this. All, and because the... Uh, husband's parents also kind of belittled the, you know, her parents for coming from another caste. And so it, it, it affected their married life now 17 years. Now what happened was they started thinking about this every day, no matter where they go. Even I have seen they were kind of fighting in Mexico too in that resort. It's a beautiful place, right? It's not a holiday, uh, their vacation. Instead of enjoying the beautiful beach and the, tie, uh, the, the sun and, and the environment, 
even over there they started fighting so now where will what will happen to them next is leading to more troubles now why now for 17 years they you know had negative uh attitude towards each other and of course if the wife does something against the husband's parents of course husband cannot tolerate that <laughs> and if the husband does something against a wife's parents she cannot tolerate that so now there was this negative attitude towards one another and there are money problems there are financial struggles and then uh, this family problems in-laws problems there are a lot of problems involved in this so because of this now they were started behaving negatively every day and then that has become a habit the habit of complaining <laughs> and having uh, uh, being moody all the time even now whatever uh, she does so maybe she is cooking but she is cooking with this negative mood negative attitude and then when he comes home after two weeks of work in the states he is kind of scared he doesn't feel like going coming back to toronto and then when she when she comes she gets anxiety attacks oh my goodness he is coming now that means she knows that <laughs> there will be a fight between them so this was, this has become a habit of doing it every day and because they are behaving such way and now they have this attitude bad attitude negative attitude and that also be, uh, uh, that pr- kind of things led to this uh, negative mind so i explained to them look if you really want to uh, make peace uh if you want to have a good life now you need to uh learn to change you these four things i i explained to them i told them this story as a look if you keep going like this uh you will be going to hell this really as a yes, see what you're doing you're creating your own hell by doing like this eh so as a if you don't want to go to hell then you need to be mindful to change all these four things to positive eh so um so i i started them i i asked them to come to meditation class so they came to meditation sessions few times and uh, now they started thinking because they also have so much respect for me and now if they get into kind of fight they remind each other remember what bante said <laughs> so uh so that see it's good it's positive they have been mindful of what i uh, said and those four things so i said okay if you want to have a new uh, life in the future without fight without any struggles you need to learn to change your behavior uh now see um you know even like how yesterday during the moonlight meditation 
we i talked about something is is called the shifting attention you need to learn to shift your attention uh from negative to positive i mean we all have weaknesses like you know when we do something like most of the time people do karma without knowing without uh, even understanding what they are doing it has become a kind of habit once you get into a habit you just keep doing it like an autopilot right and uh but it's making your life you may be enjoying now but later on there will come a uh day that you will feel so miserable now this is why i'm always encouraging people to have a kind attitude towards oneself in the first of all you need to look after yourself this is the very reason why i'm teaching people now a very uh, principle is a is a title of a book uh it was this is the book written in 1960s by an american psychiatrist the title of the book is called i am okay you okay so in the family life you know let's say if the husband is not okay the wife will never be okay <laughs> right and if the wife is not okay a, wife, a husband will not be okay <laughs> right so uh, we have to learn to uh, change our own habits our own behaviors our own attitude uh of course we we won't be free from uh negativities in the society so now what can we do uh how can you change uh your future or oh, your own future and others future um is based on the action you you're doing right now or you're about to do now there are a lot of uh, like uh, uh even yesterday when uh, bante pemaratana uh, talked about the angulamala angulamala story um by the way you know what buddha did was do you remember that how i explained later on added some like a person could have um like 99% weaknesses eh but it doesn't mean that person is weak that person is bad although this per, uh, this person has 99% bad things the same person also has at least 1% good so now what we need to do is why are we practicing meditation why are we practicing dharma we are practicing dharma and meditation to get connected with that one person good that we have that is exactly what buddha did to uh angulimala in fact he who he was a very innocent boy innocent prince and so people fellow students made up his story and complained to the teacher saying that you know your favorite student uh called ahinsaka kumara the innocent prince um is having an extra, uh, affair with your own wife and then of course the teacher got so uh upset angry okay i'm going to punish him now what would the punishment he doesn't want to punish him by beating 
But he had this uh, uh, thing that he said, okay, uh, I want you to bring me a garland of thousand fingers. Now, to make a, a garland of fingers, you need to kill people. <laughs> when you go out and kill people, they, you know, uh, others will get you. They're going to jail you or they're going to kill you. This is what the teacher meant by this punishment. So when uh, he, of course, now this is a command that coming from the teacher because he's an obedient a student, so he has to respect the teacher. So then he started killing people, correcting the fingers, and then uh, uh, people got so scared, he became a kind of a very notorious uh, uh, murderer in the country, in the region, and people started hiding. People did not come out. Now he collected 999 uh, fingers. Now he, all he wants is just one more. So now he cannot find people. Um, as he was uh, looking for one more person, the meantime, of course, the mother was very concerned because uh, they, she got to know her own son is killing people for this purpose. And so she came out. She went outside looking for the son. But now Angulimala has no sense of feeling that this is my mother, this is so and so. And meantime the Buddha saw like, you know, oh my goodness, today Angulimala is going to kill his own mother. And then if he kills his own mother, then he will miss the opportunity, opportunity of becoming enlightened monk. So he also had that, you know, that good fortune, you know, that fortune to become enlightened. And then Buddha said, okay, I need to in, uh, intervene. So out of love and compassion, Buddha went, uh, came out. And now mother is coming from uh, the one, one direction. Buddha is coming uh, uh, from the other direction. In between, Angulimala was hiding by the highway, <laughs> to, by the road. And now Buddha wa started walking on the street. Then the Angulimala saw the Buddha said, Ah, now is the time. Today I can honor my teacher with a garland of thousand fingers. Here is a man I can kill. So the Buddha, uh, uh, of course, Angulimala started chasing him. But then the Buddha uh, started just walking normally. And to Angulimala, he felt like Buddha was running away from him, running faster. The Angulimala yelled, Hey, stop, stop. Why are you running? Stop. Then the Buddha said, Angulimala, uh, it's not me who is running now. It's you who is running. I have stopped running long time ago. It's you who is still running. And then nobody has spoken to Angulimala this way before. He said, what is this nonsense? He said, no, you're running. You stop. The Buddha again said the same thing. Now he tried to understand, what do you mean by this? And he said, well, you know, 
I uh, I have stopped doing the negative things, killing people. But now you're still running, but to kill people. So uh, and then suddenly he got this sense. Oh my goodness, what did I do? I said, okay, now what can I do? I have I have done all this stuff. Please help me. But the Buddha saw. Yeah, now he is he has become notorious. Now everybody's thinking Angulaman is a bad person, he's a murderer, killer. But the Buddha saw the goodness in this murderer, in this killer. What he did was he pointed out that one person good in this person. He said, okay, now see whether you can uh, cultivate that one person good and let it grow and you will become stronger. So he uh, became a disciple of the Buddha, became a monk, and then it is said he became also enlightened. So anyways, um, now the, the whole reason for telling you this story, now see that uh, notorious killer, he had this bad behavior. He killed people. And that behavior, killing, led him to habit. Now he started, because now it's a habit of doing it, and he doesn't even uh, recognize his own mother or the Buddha. You know, killing the Buddhas, killing parents, it's, it's, a, it's a grievous uh, karma, very bad, bad, bad karma. And so then um, it, it, he developed that bad attitude and then it, he conditioned his mind with such a, such a, such actions and then Buddha said okay now I have to help this guy and again he did this out of love and compassion for Angulmala he said okay he pointed out look this is what you're doing now you're creating your own hell and now if you want to save your own life to become a better healthier good person these are the uh, things that you had to do. Now you had to rebuild your life with the new behavior, uh, new uh, habit, new attitude, new mind. And then as a result of this, what happened? He listened to the Buddha. He practiced it. And then he had a new life. What is a new life? A new life as an enlightened monk. A healthier person. Although people, of course, there were repercussions for killing people, then, but it, there, those external uh, actions, the reactions come from the society, did not bother him uh, emotionally, mentally. But he understood, now I'm, I'm facing the music because I have done this uh, bad karma, uh, so it's okay. But now uh, he changed his life. Uh, started doing the new karma and that led to a new life as an enlightened uh, monk. So, <clears throat> in our life, and I think no matter what happened to us, you know, as I said, we all have weaknesses like we have greed, we have anger, uh, we have ignorance, we are jealous, we, we have all the defilements, but it, because of these defilements, uh, or, or negative emotions, we tend to do engage in the uh, bad negative behaviors, and they are becoming habit, and and we are developing such a negative attitude and a negative mind. Now, through meditation, 
we can change our whole life. Now, in in uh, we said, you know, we are fu- we are functional beings. We are basically we had to survive in the society. Now we, we had to deal with people. Now dealing with people is not that easy. Like you know, we you have a lot of experience uh, because you, all of your householders, you have family. You know that living with another person is never going to be an easy task. There, it will be troublesome, a lot of problems, problematic. And when you go to work, you have to deal with you know all these uh, tough managers and the negative uh, colleagues uh, who are kind of hurting you, doing being nasty to you. But at such point, what do you do? How do you deal with such people? This is what you have to understand. Now. We monks are not accepted from this, like living in society. Now I uh, tell a lot of stories, like in in nineties, uh, I, I can tell you a lot of stories about this. Let's see, in nineteen ninety six, uh, there were a uh, few students in the campus. They are original from Sri Lanka, uh, but they were born in Canada. Their parents are from Sri Lanka. And when they saw me, they started running. Then I was thinking, what's going on? How come they are running away from me? And then every time they saw me, they ran away from me. So I was kind of curious. And then in 1999, the world religion prof invited me to do a guest lecture to talk about monastic life. In, uh, when he was talking about Buddhism, Buddhist tradition, and he wanted a monk to talk about the true monastic practice. So because I'm a monk. So when I went to do that, that guest lecture, and of course I, have, I talked about a lot of good things. And on that day, those students happened to be there because they were taking that course. And after listening to my talk, my goodness, you know, they, after the lecture, they came to see me. He said, you know what? All this time we were running away from you. I said, I was, I knew that. So I was curious why you guys were running away from me. Because, uh, they were told by their parents that monks in Sri Lanka are devils, satans. They had, because, you know that because, uh, in Sri Lanka there was a civil war. So, uh, and the monks are encouraging Sinhalese to kill the Tamils, something like that. So they are Tamil students. So I said, no, monks are not devils. They said, yeah, we learned it today, what you guys are doing. Your lifestyle is very interesting. So now, see what happened? People sometimes, uh, give you bad attitude. Uh, not knowing you, for uh, not knowing who you are. Like, you know, those days people were also kind of uh, were nasty to us too because uh, sometimes, you know, they yelled at us, they screamed at us, they honked at us. Now, one day, um, in, in this was in 2001, I, uh, when I was doing my master's degree at the McMaster University in Hamilton, uh, one day I was uh, uh, walking to the campus and on the way to the campus I saw there was a guy 
was uh, fixing something in, in front of a house. And when he saw me, that guy freaked out. He started yelling at me, using all the uh, F words and, and uh, bad words. And then I noticed, I was kind of uh, a bit nervous too. You never know. Sometimes, you know, if people are angry, they might uh, you know, attack you. So as I was passing by, he just uh, screamed and and he said, why are you here? What are you doing? Uh, then I said, sir, uh, I'm a student of this university. I'm doing my master's degree. And uh, and then he so said, what is this F thing, you know? Because my referring to my role. And I said, <laughs> because uh, as monks, we can't use those words, no? <laughs> so I said, well, this is, you know... <laughs> My role. I said, so I don't have time. I'm already late. I have to go. I said, may you be well and happy. He said, what? What did the F you say? Uh, I said, may you be well and happy. And then I, I, I was, uh, I, I was going. He said, stop. I want, I want to talk to you. I said, so I don't have time. Okay. Can you give me your phone number so that I can talk to you? I was kind of thinking, my goodness, this is a guy who is so nasty to me. He's asking my phone number. Is he going to call and come to me and <laughs> kill me? So then again, I thought, okay, now it's the time to really practice, you know, to see whether Dhamma works or not, you know. And I know he's, uh, he's giving me the negative attitude, right? Uh, and now let me see whether I can give him the positive attitude. Um, he was very unkind. Now I wa- I'm trying to be kind to him. So then I started telling myself, all this is happening like this. Okay, let me see whether Dhamma works or not. And uh, I'm going to give him my phone number. So I, t- I took the risk, gave him my phone number. Uh, but I never thought he would call me. On that day, in the afternoon, he called me. He said, I would like to come and see you this evening. Can you give me the direction to your place? Then I was really concerned. What if this guy comes and kills me? Nobody is here. I was staying alone in the basement. And then again I said, well, whatever will happen, happen. What the heck, I'm going to give him the direction. So I gave him the address and he did show up. And when he rang the bell, doorbell, I opened the door. I said, sir, come in, you know. So he came inside and um, I said, sir, I don't have much. <laughs> you know, I can, I, can offer, I can give you a cup of tea or some juice and some cookies. And when I asked this, my goodness, he was, I can see the change taking place in his, his face, you know. Uh, he was so grumpy and kind of, and I can see the anger in him. But when I asked that, you know, showed my politeness, gentleness, uh, he, his voice, his tone, you know, it was lower. So then, uh, uh, we, he originally came to talk to me for half an hour, but we started talking for three hours. And I told him, uh, you know, he wanted to really know my uh, story, and I told him the whole story and what we do, what kind of things we are practicing. And, uh, and then he 
became a good friend and he started talking to me and then later on he said uh, if i ever get married if the day i marry would you like to come and give me blessings i said well if you invite me i will come and then he uh, invited me to his wedding so it was a church wedding and the minister came and, and did the rituals and everything and now they uh, the mc uh, uh, asked me to come onto the stage to do the blessings as i was going on to the stage then this guy grabbed the mic and he told uh, the whole audience uh, how i changed his life uh, and of course we have people who were kind of curious this how come there is a buddhist monk uh, here to do this blessing so then he told the whole audience why he invited me to come uh, to his important day and so the what i want to say is that like at that moment i knew he was very unkind to me very much unkind attitude but i um notice that it's like you know uh when there's a let's say the, the 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 if the snake goes by or if the snakes just you know tries to bite you like this right at that point you don't just go to the snake right or try to grab it but you remain very calm you remain very kind and 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 talk to the person the snake careful and then the snake will uh, sense that love and it will just go away without hurting you so this is also the same in in our life in our society there are a lot of people uh, who are there with this un- unkind attitude unkind mind and then they're doing unkind uh, active deeds and it's becoming kind of um uh, unkind habit so because of this they suffer at the same time they spill the sufferings and pains onto others but here i think now imagine if i were to be of course i also had the opportunity to behave like him to yell at him you know i could easily tell him what's the fear saying to me i'm a well respected monk there's a whole community behind me they they respect me so much how come you're saying this to me if i were to behave like him now would he invite me to his wedding no he did this because he immediately fell that's why he said he came to talk to me just for half an hour but later on you know we ended the conversation after 3 hours and we built this new friendship and this friendship led him to invite me to his big day the wedding now when the people when he told the audience about the whole thing and he he acknowledged it, by the way he said i yelled at this monk i did say this but he never used any bad word <laughs> he was very kind to me <laughs> see is so that is the, see it's a new future for him new life for him it's a new rebirth for him right and so i was able to give him through my own uh good karma Uh, i'm glad that our we had that knowledge 
It's like, you know, since, since because they are behaving in such a way, we don't have to get to their level. Right? So we have to always uh, shift our, our attention to positive ones. This is the biggest uh, teaching. This is what um, most uh, uh, Western psychologists are talking about today. Like, you know, shifting attention, like in healings, to overcome your personal struggles, even to help others. Like, see the positive side of your life. Look at the positive things. See whether you can do the good karma. Now, uh, the, another thing is um, uh, that uh, even yesterday he uh, uh, touched on this uh, teaching um, it's, it's a how sometimes people say, you know, oh, you did this, you did bad karma, then you are going to have the bad life, you know, uh, everything is going to be bad. Well, if you continue doing that, of course you're going to have a bad life. But you can change your future through your present actions, current actions. Now, because you did something bad, it doesn't mean you're a bad person. Now, uh, this stanza is called Yocha Pubbe Pamajitwa Pachaso Napamajati Soimang Lokang Pabaseti Abha Muttova Chandima. What it means is, uh, by making mistakes in your life, if you can recognize that, ah, all this time I made mistakes. Eh? I made mistakes. I did bad karma, bad things. After recognizing that, if you don't repeat the same actions, eh? then Buddha said, you're going to emerge uh, like a shining moon freed from the dark clouds. Eh? So, no matter what happened, no matter how miserable our life was, this is uh, uh, in also in line with modern neuroscience. I said this is good for us to understand. Um, there's a famous uh, uh, prof, uh, a psychiatrist at uh, University of Wisconsin Medicine, uh, Richard Davidson, he has done a lot of research into neuroscience and the meditation and all this stuff. And after doing uh, many years of research into the meditation and the good things, then uh, in one interview, he summarized uh, his research into three sentences. And then he said, no matter uh, what happened to you, no matter how difficult the life was, no matter how painful it was, but you can always go for the positive changes. And positive thanks to modern technology, FRR machine, you can measure the positive changes taking place in the brain plasticity. And in order to go for the positive changes, to bring the positive changes in your life, then he said, you have to learn, train yourself with the new ways of thinking. Uh, new ways of thinking. Now, when you train yourself with the new ways of thinking, and that's how 
you can stop misery, suffering, pain uh, in your life. Then you can go for the happy and better future, happier future, healthier future. So your life is going to be colorful. Your life is going to be a happy one, healthy one. So uh, let's see right until now. Whatever things we did, those are the very four things. You know, the behavior, habit, attitude, and mind. These are the four things that led to whatever problems we are going through in our life. Right? So now, after recognizing these four, understanding these four, if we can train ourselves, our mind, to uh, do the positive ones, or train ourselves with the positive behavior, positive habit, uh, positive attitude, positive mind, then everything will be positive. Let's say, right until now, if you think we have been very unkind, and then, you know, the, our life will be miserable. Now, if we choose to be kind, then future will be a, a different one, a new future. Just today, just today, there, there was a couple who came here uh, from Milwaukee. I said, it's a one-hour drive from here. And uh, after meditation, I said, Kelly introduced me uh, to, to talk to her because she was in pain. She was uh, uh, diagnosed with this uh, cancer. And she was very worried, anxious. And, you know, who wouldn't be? like? Eh? So, so I said, okay, let me talk to you. So we get to that side. I think we even talked about 40 to 45 to 50 minutes. And I, I said, this is the time because she was diagnosed with the cancer uh, from last month. She's worried and she was very unkind. You know, she was afraid and uh, so that uh, that is affecting her, her life now. I said, now this is the time to, like, whatever, the, if you think you, have, you, you engage a kind of negative behavior towards yourself, if you had negative attitude towards yourself, uh, if you have been unkind, and, and see whether you can change. Now, this is the time that you really need to be very kind to yourself. So, I explained to her about the seven, uh, uh, what we call the seven factors of enlightenment. Especially, uh, I think doctors are trying their best, you know, to save the life. Using the modern technology, medical technology is very advanced. But at the same time, you also have a role to play as a patient. Now, what is your role? Now, you just try the spiritual practice. See whether you can be very kind to yourself. See whether you can be very caring to yourself. It's like, you know, how uh, when the uh, babies cry, how parents go and grab the baby, you know, pat the back, and okay, mommy is here, daddy is here, don't cry. And how the babies stop crying? So I say, in the same way, you need the same amount of love and compassion for yourself because you are in pain, you're crying. This is the moment that you need to embrace yourself with love and compassion. And after talking to her about all this stuff, explain the seven factors of enlightenment, 
and teaching her meditation, I taught her to sing few nursery rhymes. You know, we were singing there. She, after that, she felt so happy, so strong. And uh, even I can see the change in her face and the hu- her husband was very thrilled. It's good that, you know, they came and said, can I take a picture with you as a good memory so that I can look at this picture and, and remember your teachings? I said, why not? See how the simple thing uh, could impact your life to change your attitude, your behavior, your mind, and how you could learn to do the new things. I think this is amazing. Dhamma works. If you can understand, it brings, that's, that's why they said, you know, um, uh, when he talked about the, uh, the special characteristics of the Dhamma, one of them is, is called Sanditika. You get to, you get to experience the fruits of the practice Dhamma right now, immediately. It is that powerful. The thing is, you know, you need to allow uh, the new change to take place in your life. And uh, so this is what I wanted to say about this topic. And then those karma, then uh, those are very important. It's a, it a talked about dark actions with dark results. Bright actions with the bright results, uh, both dark and bright actions with the both the dark and bright results, and need neither dark nor bright actions with neither uh, dark results nor bright actions. That's a very deep, uh, very deep one. So the first three are very, very uh, un- much uh, understandable. It's uh, very easy to understand. Like, you know, if you're doing uh, bad things, you know, ba- bad deeds. And of course, there will be bad consequences, bad results. And if you do good, then the, your life will be good. There will be good results, good consequences. And if you do both, you know, uh, both b- m- bad and good karma, there will be both good and bad results. The, the last one is actually the enlightened beings who don't engage in the dark action or uh, 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 dark results. And so there's no such dark and bright results for them. So they're completely free. So um, there are a lot of uh, stories, again, I tell you, like uh, how when you... Well, unconscious or consciously uh, do the negative uh, actions. Like there's a reason for this. Like uh, we uh, Buddhists, uh, the begin every program, every service by observing the five precepts at least. And maybe you are aware of those five precepts, refraining from. Um, uh, taking life, refraining from stealing, refraining from sexual misconduct, refraining from lying, and refraining from alcohol and drugs. Now, of course, these are kind of tough practices. Right? Tough practices. Now, there is a reason for this. Why do we have to practice the morality? 
the whole purpose of the morality uh, is to protect you, to save your life from going into the dark uh, side of your life. Now, there was, uh, again, uh, I remember a story. Uh, I do soup kitchens in downtown Toronto, like feed the homeless people with my group. And so one day, uh, as we were serving the homeless people, uh, one homeless person, you know, called me. He said, like this. So, uh, I thought maybe that person needs a banana because homeless people love a lot of bananas. So we normally take extra bananas, you know. Uh, like I take at least 2,000 bananas <laughs> because they, that's the leaf they ask for more bananas because bananas has a lot of potassium, I think, as uh, so energy. Uh, especially during the winter time, they like to eat a lot of bananas. So I was, uh, I went to him with some bananas. He said, no, no, I don't want bananas. Uh, he was kind of emotional. He said, can I talk to you? He said, yes. So I sat down. And he started crying. And I said, uh, it's okay. It's okay. Take your time. Everything will be fine. And then he said, when he sees all these young people, that reminded him of his kids. And I said, so what happened? The way he started talking to me, I noticed he's a very he's a, 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 a important person, kind of uh, coming from a good background. And then I was so astonished to hear his story. He said, uh, uh, I used to be a professor of anthropology at Columbia University. I said, so how come you're here? What happened? Then he said that while he got into extra uh, kind of negative things, negative actions, uh, and he was struggling with the relationship, and I think the wife divorced him. And then he uh, started drinking, doing drugs, and then he lost his job. And he had no income, he lost his house. And then, of course, kids went with the mother. Now he could not afford the house, and he gave, uh, let it go, and then bank took over the house, and then he ended up living on the streets in New York City. Living in New York City as a homeless person is tough. So he heard that homeless life in Toronto is much better than New York. <laughs> he moved to the Toronto. So he started living there. And then um, I said, of course, I gave, gave him some comforting words. I said, life will be okay. Let's see what we can do. I said, you can uh, re regain your privileged life. So if you want to do this, you know, uh, see whether you can have some extra courage to stand on your feet. And I will help you if you want to come to my meditation class in downtown Toronto. I, then, by then, I used to run a weekly meditation session at EFT in Toronto. I said, why don't you come and see and be a part of this meditation group? So he came. And then, you know, uh, uh, he came a couple of times after that. We don't know what happened to him. So now the whole reason for telling you this story, like here's a man who had a very privileged life. Beautiful wife, kids, a wonderful job, and good uh, palace, palatial house. When he lost 
everything right in this lifetime right in front of his, his eyes he lost everything he lost his wife he lost his kids he lost his job he lost his house nothing was there for him now why then i said look this is what happened to you right this is what because he had an extra affair then he started lying and then he also did other uh, negative karmas and all these negative karmas led him to you know lose everything and his life was miserable so later on i don't know what happened to him so there are a lot of people like that you know there are people who live a very privileged a uh, life they have everything but suddenly their life goes down like collapse so because of this you know behavior habit attitude in the mind but if you can make them positive now this is because we human beings uh now let me tell you this how you could this is much deeper i think if you can understand this this will give you much more strength this is uh in line with uh, like here most of the time buddhist monks and buddhist people like observe the five precepts let's say the number one for, uh to i observe undertake the principle uh, uh uh the to refrain from uh, uh taking life but all this is just a one step that we know but there are there's a deep steps to this when we read the sutras of the buddha now sometimes i understand why psychologists new scientists are fall in love with buddhism because of these things now to change your life to create the do the new karma for the new life new future there's a way to live a life now the first step is it's called panatipatang pahaya abandoning the uh the action yeah abandoning the thought of taking life the and then panatipata pativirato hoti which means that you refrain from the action of doing the killing yeah now there are two, these are two steps and then the lajji you have to be ashamed of doing uh, such things now these three uh let me explain a bit uh, more on this in say of course as human beings we could refrain from doing the negative things let's say the action of killing but although we refrain from the action but we have the mental image the thought the thinking let's say you are here let's say you are angry with me you are upset with me let's say you don't like me and then you would be saying like okay let this monk talk right now in front of these people i cannot see anything i cannot do anything the moment he finishes his talk the moment all people leave i'm going to get him right it's a thought right it's a thought so the buddha says 
Of course, you refrain from hurting me. Although you refrain from hurting me, but you're holding on to the mental image of hurting me. So the Buddha said, you even have to abandon, let go, drop that thought, that intention, that mental image. Not just the action, also the mental image. And after these two, then he said, Lajji, we consider ourselves civilized people, right? We say, we are civilized people. As civilized people, if we engage in such actions, if we get these thoughts, we need to be kind of ashamed. Oh my goodness, <laughs> as, a, as a civilized person, I'm getting these thoughts, right? We need to be, but this, the shame is a positive one, by the way. Eh? It's a positive shame. Like to, that helps you to transform your life. And then to change the first two and to remove the shame from your mind and heart, then you need to train. This is in, in exact, in line with what uh, Richard Davidson pointed out. Now you need to uh, train yourself, your mind, with the positive side of it. Now what is that? Uh, now see, look at dayapanno. Have compassion. Have love. Eh? Train yourself, fill your mind with a lot of love and kindness. Then live a life embracing all sentient beings with a lot of love and compassion. So here, you're not only refraining from the action of taking life, but just in case you have the mental image of hurting someone, you also drop that thought, that mental image. Then you kind of say, oh my goodness, I'm a civilized person, but I'm getting this thought to hurt someone. And, and be ashamed. And to go beyond this, to become a better person, healthier person, or to create the better future, then train yourself with the love and compassion. Opposite of hate and anger is the love and compassion. Metta and karuna. Embrace, train your mind to give love, to be kind to yourself and others. And now imagine we continue living like this. It's like, let's say, we have done uh, a lot of mistakes, we made a lot of mistakes, we had a lot of bad karma, but from today, I'm choosing not to repeat, not to engage in past actions, then I'm going to change my attitude. If I have been very unkind to others, now today, let me see whether I can be very uh, kind to them. So, it works. It works. You know, it's, uh, uh, we, uh, we have a very wonderful, very pleasant abbot. Our head monk is very, he's known for kind, kindness and generosity. Um, in beginning days, you know, I think some lay people gave him hard time. You know, uh, then he was so fed up, he left them 
and then he rebuilt his life by starting a new temple. And then those who have hurt him, and then they, were, they, were, they, were, they felt guilty about it. And then when they came to the temple one day, like one by one, and our abbot was so kind to them. He is known for making good tea, by the way. In North America, he's known for making good tea. Whoever comes, you know, he makes tea. Now, can you imagine the head monk, the abbot, is making tea for everyone? Like let's say when we do a service, we monks, in the shrine room, our abbot would make tea for people. Right after the service, he was like, okay, come, come, come. Let's go to the kitchen, have some tea. So when he did the same thing to those people who hurt him, they couldn't believe their eyes. Immediately, they felt kind of guilty at the same time. They, they expected him to be very unkind to them. <laughs> they, right? But our Abbot said, get out of my temple. You guys are the ones who hurt me, did this to me. Get out of here. Don't come here again. But he did not do that. He changed. His kindness, kind behavior, kind attitude helped those people to change their rude behavior, eh? unkind behavior. So we all can do the same. You know, this is as simple as this, you know. If you really believe in karma, the one thing that you have to understand, you don't need to punish someone for hurting you. There's a universal law. The Buddha said, you don't need a God, a Messiah, or Messenger, or Buddha, or Bodhisattva to punish you for the bad things. Karma will get you someday. It's like, you know, how long can you run away from the bad karma. Now, uh, the popular movement, Me Too, eh? Me Too movement. Then what happened? There's a big shot, billionaire guy, very powerful guy. Then what happened? After many years, karma got him. It's, it's actually Of course, there, that's why uh, even sometimes women, they are very angry. Very, I said, look, you don't need to be angry. <laughs> you don't need to be unkind. See what happened? Right? So you cannot, how long can you run away from this? Then, then we tell people, a person could run away from this in this lifetime, but karma will get this person someday in this journey of samsara. Maybe next lifetime for sure. Right? So, if you do good, Good will come. If you do bad, bad will come. But you can change your life all the time. Or to do this, all you have to do is just look at those four things. What are those four things again? Number one, behavior. Number two, number three, number four, mind. That's it. Thank you so much for your attention. Now I have half an hour. Actually, I plan to stop at <laughs> 2. <laughs> As I said, you know, when I start getting into the mood of talking, I just keep going on and on. <laughs>
So now if you have questions, you can, yeah. 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 How how we do this without I feel like what well, uh, I so selfish. Uh, but if I did it, I hurt myself. No, you don't you, you should you should never feel guilty about being selfish. <laughs> <laughs> No, you, you fly, no? You fly. Right? You fly and uh, flight attendants give a lot of uh, instructions, no? The last instruction, what is it? In the emergency, before putting the oxygen mask to someone else, first put on onto yourself. You need to survive in order to help others. <laughs> to, so you need to take care of yourself. That's why, that's exactly what Buddha did. Buddha did not go around to preach first. First, he was kind of, if people feel like that, oh, he was selfish. No, Buddha said, I need to look after myself first. Without looking after myself, there's no way that I can look after others. That's why he became enlightened first. He became perfect, he became okay. And after making himself okay, then he went outside, went out to look after others. So this is also the same. Like, you know, that's why uh, you need to uh, make yourself okay first. You need to, self-care is very important. Nowadays, do you know why people are struggling with the uh, mental health issues? Because of not taking care of themselves. You need to take care of your, yourself first. It's like, you know, um, of course you need to be concerned about others. You need to take care of others. But if you just keep doing things for others without taking care of you, do you know what will happen? You're going to die. You're going to be sick. And after, do you think these people will come to help you? So you need to take care of yourself. Self-care is very important. Yeah. How do you define selfish? Ah, oh, selfish. It's, uh, selfishness is just thinking about you. Right? Selfishness, self-centeredness. Like everything is uh, under the influence of self-centeredness. It's just to... Uh, you know, feeding your ego, your I, me. Uh, but this selfishness is also based on this false view, the notion of I, me, myself. And it is also the, uh, based on another thing, deeper thing called is the mana, the conceit, the pride. And selfishness is also like uh, how we say ahankar in Sanskrit, it's coming from two words, ahang and kara. Ahang means I, kara means maker, doer. Eh? So the selfishness you're basically, you're building this I 
by feeding it with a lot of things. So, uh, at the beginning, of course, we need to be uh, very selfish in order to, uh, we need to be selfish when you have a great vision, eh? great vision for yourself and others. And after making yourself okay, then you can become selfless. And that exactly uh, uh, what brings you uh, a greater joy and happiness because now you have gone beyond this I. Now you have embraced. It's also like uh, um, in, in Greek, there are three uh, words. It's called eros, philia, and agape. And eros is a kind of selfish love. You just think of yourself. So selfishness is basically thinking of yourself. And, and from you, then when you invite someone else, uh, a partner, a spouse, uh, then of course then you, from both of you, there will be, you know, more families, then you become eros, you share your love with others. And then agape, then from your kids, then there will be grandkids, then you also embrace them. Then there will be more friends, relatives, you know. So uh, uh, agape is what we call metta. So the eros, uh, philia, these are based on the selfish, like my, it's me, my, my partner, my spouse, my kids, my friends, my relatives. So this is uh, what we call the the selfish, it's based on selfishness. Question about your uh, commentary on the first precept again. Yeah. Not taking the life, right? And you, you mentioned the idea of, um, you know, we're, we're refrain from bad action. Yeah. Right? And then refrain from the thought of bad action. Mm-hmm. Okay? Great. I don't understand at all the idea of Shame. Uh. There is no shame in the present, right? Shame is the past. Yeah. It it, it can't live here. Yeah. Why? I don't understand why. Why the necessity, how we should consider it being that it's not now. So can you help me understand that? That just seems very contradictory to what we should be thinking about and, and kind of the, the flow of this. Yeah. Conscience. Conscience, yes. Uh, well, it's, it's, it's also conscience, uh, but what it means is the, this is uh, what we call, uh, another word is called the hiri otapa. That's a, there are two words. Uh, I know this uh, shame, fear, this are kind of negative. Right? People tend to see this negative, but this also can be taken as positive. It's when you, uh, of course the shame is based on the past action, and so this is a positive one because then it prevents you from repeating. But if you recognize the action as being bad, yeah. right, so you've, 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 the action is gone. You recognize the action is bad, mm-hmm. right? And you determine correction. Yeah. Right? And you focus on correction. Yeah. Okay. 
to me, that's enough. Why, yeah. why, why do I need to... I, 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 I struggle, I, I don't understand the idea, and you're going to have to help me with this, the idea that I don't, I don't understand positive shame. I, I, I don't... If I understand it's broken, yeah. and I've committed to fix it, I don't need to dwell on this anymore in a negative fashion. Yeah, you, you can, you can uh, of course, may, uh, be determined to focus on the positive actions and to, I think this is more uh, like a moral shame. Like moral shame is like, you know. It's not about the past, right? right? Yeah, it's, 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 it's is now saying things, let's see. Uh, it's, it's actually, I think, the both based on the past experience and it prevents you from repeating. Like, you know, it's kind of a, uh, let's say you're uh, holding something, right? Let's say it's just a garbage, right? And you know it's, it's stinky. And the moment you grab grab it like that, and then you feel like, oh my goodness, oh, it's stinky, then you, like, you drop it. So this dropping, the action is coming from that word, uh, uh, well, I, I think maybe there's a uh, misunderstanding of this word shame. I think that in the Western society, this uh, kind of shame is considered kind of negative in, uh, in the, the Western psychology. But in the Eastern psychology, it's considered kind of positive. So it, it prevents you from uh, repeating. Uh, and, and also it, it gives you kind of remedy to... Uh, to move forward. Okay, it's done. Yeah. Yeah. Um, another question earlier on the, the story about um, the aesthetics, the dog and the aesthetics, yeah. right? Um, you mentioned you, uh, Buddha, and I paraphrase it, um, they asked about their future, their friend's future. Buddha says they will experience a hell. Define understand what that is and then the rebirth will be as the animal. The, 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 the middle part. What would you define as? I don't understand. The, which one? The help, help part? Yeah. Oh, okay. So it's coming from the wrong view. Wrong view. Um, it's also like, let's say, as uh, uh, those behaviors sometimes uh, lead to unconsciously this coming from the michaditi, the wrong view and wrong view makes you do a lot of uh, negative things, negative karma ok, so yeah. let's, let's expand on that yeah. right? so you have an individual through the intention of a finding period right, enlightenment yeah. right, has determined to Essentially, disavow everything human. Mm-hmm. Find a find an example of a creature, okay, that is devoid of many of the bad actions or thoughts that a human has. Mm-hmm. With pure intention, they follow the path. Mm-hmm. Okay, there. Uh, 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 you would think you know. Free from lust, there's no sleeping on this, you know, basically eating scraps, sleeping outside, 
just living living the life of, of the simplest being that they possibly can. Mm-hmm. How could that be? Why would you punish for the right intention an action that is as pure as they can find? Mm-hmm. And because they they're not smart enough to choose the right view, this is bad. It's not about uh, saying bad. Is uh, is this wrong view? Uh, unconsciously uh, leads to uh, doing uh, I see a lot of uh, negative karmas and negative karma so, so in their case these uh, two ascetics what happened was first they uh, uh, did you know they have this uh, wrong view in their mind, they train with that, and at the same time, whatever the uh, uh, you know dogs, animals do, uh, maybe it's also uh, doing some uh, actions unconsciously, unmindfully, doing some negative actions. It is these negative actions that lead to, I think, the uh, the hell part. Okay, right. So, so there's. Okay, so we'll, we'll agree that there's more to the story of how they live their lives. Yeah, yeah. Right? So, yeah, the okay. sutra doesn't talk about that. Let's go back to the original question. Help me define the hell portion. I've, I've not heard this utilized before, this term, in this that type of... I think it's, it's maybe it's the hell part is it, it, symbolic for actually a, a painful existence. Okay, okay. They're painful, so they're, they're so pain, so suffering. Okay. Right, suffering, so yeah. Right, so I, I misunderstood yeah. your, your statement. Yeah. So, okay. Wrong path leads to current suffering, and or they may have lived however long they were yeah, yeah. as an animal suffering. Yeah. Seeking, okay. Yeah, that's the thing. So the, the hell part is like, uh, is considered uh, all the because it's an existence, a realm, something like that. So, if you deeply analyze into this, examine the notion of the hell is basically hell is defined with problems, sufferings, pains, like it's a miserable life. Which, yeah. which I understand. Yeah. And again, by, it, it came across as a progression. Mm-hmm. Current life, hell, come back to the mm-hmm. And it, it, where in through this discussion, yeah. hell is in the current life and perhaps through the next. Yeah. So it's also it's also connected to those four types of karma actually Buddha uh, talked about. They say the dark karma with dark results. So that's that's another uh, point that we need to focus on to make the connection between this wrong view. Uh, because you know how sometimes people think you know in the name of uh, how. Uh, People take, it's okay, like you know, how there's a pre- prevalent view in the world today. Uh, uh, if you're not in my, my uh, faith, if you're not my religion, uh, it is always good to kill you. It's, we consider that's a, a good thing to do because you're against us, you're my enemy, and you're, you're pagan and, and blah, blah, blah. 
And so they consider uh, killing such people is a great meritorious deed for them. So it's also the wrong view. It's, uh, uh, that's one thing. And then they engage in that action, the killing part. So as a result of this, I think as human beings, although with such beliefs and views, we do certain things thinking is good, but later on people regret. I think it's a kind of guilt that makes them miserable you know, later in their life. Um, it, it's also how sometimes people engage in uh, uh, butcheries, you know, uh, uh, and they uh, kill animals, uh, and later on they they are doing this for, uh, for 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 to make a living, and later on they kind of suffer from this their own actions because they remember, oh my goodness, I have. Uh, taken so many lives, and but at the beginning they, he uh, did not realize that, and later on, it basically their own subconscious mind begins to uh, torture them, torment them, and uh, then they suffer from it, and they are dying with a lot of guilt and that kind of uh, mind full of pains, and then they see their own kind of uh, future, maybe, oh my goodness, I'm heading to something, uh, a state of misery, something like that. Um, I think uh, there are more to analyze into this, uh, like the story, especially those uh, actions. Uh, the, oh, the, you, of course, these people, let's say they uh, had the good intention, as you said, good intention of becoming uh, kind of gaining the uh, emancipation, vimukti. But in the name of such things, uh, unconsciously, uh, they may have engaged in a lot of negative karma. Uh, like even as uh, ascetics, maybe in the there are people who do animal sacrifices. Right? They kill animals they, to please the God uh, or for uh, good fortune. And although that's the intention, but they are engaging in uh, those uh, terrible actions which are making the, their life so miserable. And at the same time, later on, they begin to feel so guilty about it. Uh, I can give you. Uh, a typical example, like one day one of our fellow monks uh, went to a forest monastery uh, uh, to uh, for uh, ten days retreat, and then he liked that the monastery, and then he wanted to stay there uh, time to time. So he 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 went there to live. So then he would walk around. So he met a local man uh, who uh, ran a pig farm. And uh, he killed the pigs, and he provided pigs to, uh, you know, for, for, for the meat. And he was doing this for a long time. But then he also uh, kind of felt very unhappy. He was kind of, he made a lot of money, but uh, family life was not good. He had troubles emotionally. He was very unhealthy. So when he met this uh, monk, he was very happy. So they developed this good uh, friendship. And uh, uh, and then we they start talking about this. So talk, um, our friend Mangas 
So what do you do? He said, "Oh, I I have a pig farm and I like uh, kill uh, pigs and I uh, you know for uh, for meat and I also provide pigs to other people." <laughs> and then he uh, said, "Do you know uh, how terrible it is <laughs> to do such a thing? Uh, you." Uh, next life is not going to be a good one, he said. I said, why is that? He said, look, maybe since you have been doing this for a long time, uh, you, uh, you know, raiding the pigs and killing the pigs, and maybe next lifetime you might be reborn as a pig, and they're going to kill you. Then he was very alarmed. He was, oh my goodness, this is such a terrible thing. So uh, he started feeling kind of again. I, I I don't know what to say here. It's a, he realized his own mistakes. At the same time, he uh, was kind of uh, ashamed of doing such things, and that kind of shame uh, led him to uh, uh, give up uh, the pig farming. And he stopped. Basically, he sold it. And then he started practice meditation. Um, I, now I don't know what happened, but this monk said uh, he really stopped it because he felt kind of guilty about it, ashamed of what uh, his own actions. And at least at that point, it made him stop it. Now imagine, if he were to carry on. Reality is yeah. He didn't fix anything except himself. Yeah. It's, all he did, he transferred all that horror and everything just to someone else. Well, that's what happens, I, I no? Yeah. <laughs> that's what happens in the, yeah. His wheel didn't get better. Yeah. So anyways, but the thing is, you know, at least for himself, he stopped it. Right? And if another person took over it, that, that's his uh, thing too. Maybe you can say, of course, he, another, yeah. he, he passed. Another, another discussion for Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so, I mean, he maybe, uh, sometimes he stopped it, maybe he sold it, we don't know. Uh, maybe he, he stopped for himself, right? So if you don't, uh, look after yourself, who would, right? So that's very important. That's right, yeah. Mm. Well, that's why we need wisdom to bring a, po- a change in our life. So wisdom comes from, it's, it, should, it should be the right timing. It's the right timing. It's, uh, I see maybe that pig farmer, it was the good time for him. It's good that he met that monk, then he stopped. And also, I know sometimes even... Last year, there was a family. Uh, he was looking for a, a job. He already had a good job, but he was offered another job uh, which would pay him more. And he discussed this with his wife. And, uh, but the wife didn't like it. Now the, his new job would be at a, at a meat uh, shop, you know, uh, 
way out, you know, the pigs and, and chicken butchers at the shop. And the wife didn't like it. And so it's okay. Wife comes to uh, my meditation class. He also uh, came to my session several times. He said, why don't we go to Bhante Sarapala and ask him this question? Then I explained to him, you know, okay, now you, you know what kind of environment it is. Now, there's, uh, if you keep doing this for more, I say, of course, it's a, it's a good pay, and who, who wouldn't like <laughs> more money, right? I said, let's say you make, you made, uh, you make a lot of money, but after that, just in case, if that hurts you, emotionally or psychologically, then what would you do? Do you think the money can fix that? Then immediately he realized it, and he said, no, I don't want to take that job. And then he said no to that job. We don't have this mind. Yeah. Actually, we all have that wisdom. We all have the power to cultivate wisdom. Wisdom comes from the practice, meditation. Yeah. It's a uh, action. Uh, of course, let's say when you go to um, a particular place, Going there, dealing with people, you get experience. From that experience, there comes seeing. Now I know what kind of environment it is. That's right, yeah. So, uh, wisdom can be cultivated in many ways. Sometimes by hearing, when you hear the voice, Let's say someone is talking about this. Then you get like, ah, I got it. I get it now. There are three kinds of wisdom. It's called, uh, uh, Sutamanya Panya. Wisdom. Panya is a wisdom. Wisdom, uh, comes from, uh, listening, hearing, reading, sutta. Eh? So you read a book, then you go, ah, I get it. Or you hear someone and tell some stories and it makes sense to them. That's the wisdom part. Right? Um, or if you, listen, if you listen to a, a conversation, then that sparks the wisdom. Another form of wisdom is chintamaya panya. The wisdom coming from the uh, thinking, reflection, contemplation. Like you hear this, let's say, whatever you heard today, um, it doesn't make sense to you right now. But maybe as you keep thinking about this, reflecting over and over again, and then you say, I say, okay. I say, now I get it. Maybe you need to uh, have a uh, experience based on what you heard today. And then, third type of wisdom comes from is, uh, meditation. 
bhavana vaipanya you just keep practicing meditation as you keep practicing meditation this meditation will lead to this state of wisdom which will make things very clear for you to see everything will be clear at the moment let's say uh, it's like on the surface of the water uh, it, you can always see the you know the waves you know rising passing rising passing because all these waves are subject to the wind the storm coming from all over but when you go inside the water then you're free from those waves then you're very calm then you're able to really see the fish and all sorts of other things so when you practice meditation what you do at the beginning level is you're calming the the mind you're calming you're relaxing the body when your body is relaxed calm, mind is calm then you see uh with the with a stable and clear mind you begin to see everything as it is all there is just a constant change there's nothing to Yeah. Well, how does it get to And I understand the practice because I I have experience. Mhm. I understand that it's the actual time that you said to yourself this is not for me this time. Mm. Well, let's see when that wisdom comes. Right? Yeah. 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 So it's like, you know, uh what you have to do is you have to keep reflecting. You have to keep thinking. And when you keep thinking and thinking, it's like uh first you have to observe. You have to observe the things. Is sometimes how these scientists Let's say Isaac Newton <laughs> was walking <laughs> around the apple uh, tree. Then he saw apple fell down. Oh, how does it happen? Then this observation made him think. Eh? Experience in the environment made him think. As he kept thinking, ah, now I know. is the gravity right is the gravity so so i think is the sometimes the nature uh you have to observe the nature it's also like you know how sometimes there are people who are struggling with the deaths and change in life but go out and spend some time with the nature how trees are changing uh with the season Huh? so uh, it shows that nothing is permanent <laughs> in life just like the nature we also go through this change with the season is the cause and effect that we all have to understand why these things happen 
So I think uh, with this new karma, new life for the future, it's also seeing this cause and effect. Like uh, what, what type of causes led him to be whoever you are right now. And if you think you're not pleased, you're not happy with the uh, current experiences, situations, then you have to see whether you can change those uh, causes of uh, conditions so that the, 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 the painful circumstances would not be existing anymore, would not be lasting for you anymore. And it will have a new, uh, <laughs> okay, that's right. So it's the, it's the observation that we all have to do and to see the cause and effect. Um, it, 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 so even in that story, the dog did be acidic and the ox did be acidic, uh, what Buddha pointed out was the cause and effect. You know, they, all these years, basically they were, uh, conditioning the uh, mind, the consciousness with those causes. And so what do you expect? And if, if, if it is an apple seed, from the apple seed comes the apple tree. Huh? <laughs> okay, so time is up. And it was two hours now. <laughs> I don't want to create a bad future for you. <laughs> I'm going to release you now for a good future. So thank you all for coming. Thank you. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. Oh, thank you, thank you. Okay, so uh, we would like to do a little blessing chanting for you. Bhavatu sabba mangalang rakhantu sabba devata sabba buddha nubhavena sadasati bhavantu te Sabdhammanubhavena sadasati bhavantate Bhavatu sabdhammanglang rakhantu sabdhivata Sabdhsanghanubhavena Sada Sati Bhavantate. Thank you. So that was the sound of the negative misery hell. That was gone with the blessing for future life. Eh? Good karma. Thank you.